Hello and welcome to Viva Pod Vegas. I'll hug our emotional listener. This is episode 10, Follow That Dream from 1962. I'm Mike Manzi. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And Mike, like five movies ago, yep. I read on IMDb, everything here on out is a musical. I'm like, okay, cool. Yep. Settling in. Mm-hmm. And then I watch this movie and my prep for the podcast is to copy the taglines from IMDb, the trivia from IMDb, and the soundtrack from IMDb. So I go to the soundtrack page, there's five songs. I'm like... Not a musical. No. How have I been fooled? How have we been fooled over and over again? Every movie, every Elvis movie from here on out is a musical. <laughs> this almost couldn't be farther from a musical. What is going on in this know. movie at this, all? I don't think anybody's seen these movies. I think that's the case. They're like, <laughs> yeah, man, every, every movie's a musical from here on out. It's like, no, it's not. No, we're here to set the record straight. If anything, that's what this podcast is going to do about E's movies, but... Five songs. Which I will say, as we talked about in the Bosler and Elvis movie, an era of his career no one gives a shit about. <laughs> it's so true. Two and a half hour long movie, they spend 10 seconds, did a bunch of movies. Moving on. All and, right. And that was when Elvis went to Hollywood mm-hmm. and he made a bunch of movies. The end. Uh, yeah, I was kind of shocked, man, because, like, you know, I was expecting more than five songs. I was expecting more than one of them to be the title song, like the opening credit song. I was expecting, you know, a lot more from the musical side of this. And then the actual, like, plot, story thing, like, is bananas. Is this the weirdest Elvis movie we've covered so far? Dude, screw Elvis movie. Is this one of the weirdest movies like you might have ever seen? Like, not that it's good. Like, it's not good, but it's so weird. I was looking. So, okay, so the other thing is that, like, every single Elvis movie, I'm just like three stars. Like, I don't know. I can't rank them anymore. <laughs> I don't remember any of them. They're in one ear and out the other brain. Like, it's just, I don't I don't remember. Everything was, since King Creole has just been, like, flatlining. I was looking at Letterboxd of reviews of the two people that I follow who have seen this movie and, like, recent reviews and popular reviews. Shawnee was one, right? Shawnee was one. But someone, either a recent or popular review, was just like, I had a terrible day at work. I needed to put on my comfort Elvis movie. And I was like, what is wrong with you? And it's this one? It's this one. When he goes to Florida and they basically homestead and opening up a bait shop. And this is someone's comfort movie where it's like, I just want to watch Follow That Dream and just relax after a bad day. And I'm not making fun of this person. No, no, no. Because I do think that every movie is someone's favorite movie. Whatever gets you through this world, I'm not making fun of this movie or that, but that is the weirdest thing I've seen on Letterboxd.com. That is that is bizarre. That it's is bizarre. Crazy. So this movie... Because I was uncomfortable watching this movie. It can't be my comfort movie. <laughs> this movie, if you have not seen it yet, is when the Quimper, wild name, K-W-I-M-P-E-R, when the Quimper family car runs out of fuel on a new Florida highway and an officious state supervisor tries to run them off, Pop Quimper digs in his heels and decides to do a little homesteading. He and his son Toby, terrible name for Elvis, mm-hmm. unimaginably terrible name for Elvis, <laughs> Toby, and their quote adopted children, Holly, Ariadne, and the twins. So I don't know if they're ever, they are named, but mm-hmm. in here, just the twins, start their own little community along a strip of the roadside. Yeah, I didn't know that. That was a thing, homesteading. Like, I mean, I had Home of the Homestead Act, but, like, I didn't know that you could just, as late as the 60s, pull off the side of the highway and claim private property from the government. So here's the thing. A lot of this movie—I also watched Footloose last night, and both of these movies are similar in, like, a 
jurisdictions not over there, right? Like yeah, yeah, is like on yeah. the other side of the tracks. Segregation. They yeah, yeah. They, they can't get you. It's like, no, but that's another county. Like, just, I guess I guess dancing is not illegal in that county. This is not a Footloose podcast. But here it's just like, oh, yeah, we, we're just claiming property. You can't come on this private property. It's like, says what? Says who? What? what? It makes no sense to me that you have no idea how many hoops I had to jump through to accept this is what we are dealing with. So this is apparently based on a true story. So this is based on a novel called Pioneer Go Home. Saw that. So after World War II, author Richard Powell moved to Fort Myers, Florida. He learned that the state had just built a bridge to Pine Island. The fill used to build the bridge inadvertently created a tract of land that did not exist on maps, but is now known as Matlacha, M-A-T-L-A-C-H-A, whatever. Okay. A group of squatters moved onto the land, building shacks and starting small businesses. Eventually, the state granted property titles to the squatters. It has a total area of 0.69 square miles. 70% of that is water. As of the 2010 census, the population is 677. So basically, wow. Florida built a bridge. In building the bridge, they created like land. Land no one owned. And people are like, I live there now. I can't believe this is... This is that. This is that. This is basically what you just said. Like, it's based, like, this is that movie, except with, like, different characters, and then the mob shows up. It feels like a thing that I joke about, where, like, I, for what, like, there's a storm. It's like, I guess I live here now. Like, this is just like this. Yeah, I'm not yeah, leave. yeah. But they, like, they run out of gas, which is not the end of the world. And they're like, I guess, it's, I guess we live here now. His Elvis is like, I'll even go get some gas. And his dad's like, no, not doing it. No going nowhere until they come get us. So there's not a ton of trivia about this movie. I think because no one's seen it. I think because no one knows this exists. Okay. Which is why they don't talk about this as a non-musical because nobody's seen this movie. There was that trivia. Part of State Route 40 in Florida was named after this movie in honor of this movie having been filmed there, which is wow. kind of cool. I... The movie was originally, I think, titled Pioneer Go Home, but the producer, okay. Walter Mirisch, liked the film's song Follow That Dream so much that he retitled the picture accordingly. So they're like, yeah, we made a movie called Pioneer Go Home. It's like, no, 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 the song's better. But what's a bummer about the song is that apparently, and this plagues Elvis from here on out, is that I was looking on Spotify because I have a Viva Pod Vegas playlist on Spotify that mm-hmm. I add all, it's not all the songs out of his, it's just all the songs that are in the movie, right? And I'm like, I'm going to go follow, find the Follow That Dream soundtrack, because I'm sure there's, the, you know, at least an EP, right? And there is, but it's not on Spotify. It was an EP with four songs released by RCA Victor in May 1962. They recorded six for the film, but Elvis said there's a song called Sound Advice, which is like, this, this song's terrible, we can't release it. Wow. So I guess it must have gotten cut from the movie, because I don't remember that in the movie either. No. Never came out on the soundtrack. It would eventually be placed on the compilation Elvis for Everyone, which I think some of these other songs made it to as well. There was the sixth song. So there's like there's four in the movie. Yeah. There's this one that they dropped, and there's one called A Whistling Tune, which is in the next movie, Kid Galahad. So they only huh. made six songs. Elvis is like, one's terrible. Don't do that. Wow. And the other one they pushed. So there's only four. He also sings in the movie On Top of Old Smokey a couple yes. lines. Yes, yeah. But... This is the issue, is that they only recorded it on set, and the oh. quality was so low that they couldn't release it. They don't have the scratch track. So that sucks. This, like, doesn't really exist. So this an Elvis movie, ostensibly, like, you know, he's a singer who's becoming an actor. People are going to see this for the music or because they're in love with him, and they don't put it out. It's like, what are you doing? The craziest thing to me is that if you want the official recording of Elvis singing on top of Old Smokey, you need to own this movie. 
which is now apparently hard to find. Like between the time that we like started, we bought yeah. these like years ago, and now all these DVDs are basically out of print. Shit, I hope I have them all. I know I have them all, but I'm like double got to double check tonight that I have that I have them all. But like, I mean, I know that I have them all. There's one I think loving you, which I think we did was only on VHS. Like right. just, it, it's I think out of region there. too. So could you just briefly talk about the actual disc itself and the print. Okay. Of this, so you have do you have like the, is it the Elvis seventy fifth anniversary? Like the no, oh, I, it's, it's a three pack, but I could run and get it real. Go, quick. go get because I'm curious. Yeah. Okay, I have something similar, but yes. Oh, there's a three. It is a yeah. I have like two of these three packs. Okay, so mine. They were really yeah, cheap. Okay. They were like no. five or six dollars. Okay, but it's the same thing. The same where, movies. It's not the same movies, but like mine is a. It's the Elvis seventy fifth anniversary, and it's like two packs of these. Yeah. In a wider pack, so there's like oh, okay. eight movies or whatever. But in the case that I have, and this is probably boring for everyone, but maybe not. There's four movies because it's four for four, and it's like picture disc, picture disc, picture disc. And then what you have, where it's a flippable <laughs> yeah. widescreen, full screen. Like these, yeah. you have like, mine have like pictures on them, but you have like a finished, nice like writing, a professional yeah, graphics. Elvis Clambake, Elvis, Frankie, and Johnny. And then what is that movie? <laughs> widescreen on one side, flip, full screen on the other. So when I'm watching this movie this morning, I message you and I'm like, was your movie a widescreen in a full screen format? You're like, yeah, but I flipped the disc. I was like, oh, right, I can do that. Yeah. So I did and I watched it in full screen, but I was just like, this is again how you know no one's seen this movie because this has like the worst release of any of the Elvis movies we've covered so far. Like uh, Blue Hawaii, like wasn't necessarily a clean print, but it was in widescreen. Right. You know, like it was proper aspect ratio. Here, I put on the widescreen side, and it's a full screen with black bars that they have put like a mat on. Yeah. To fake it. It doesn't fill up the screen. So Even I flipped it I, over and I was like, on, I'll watch it full screen. When I put it on full screen, just like, this has been modified. It's like, yeah, but the other shit was modified too. And you I know. You know they, oh. they never tell you that. You know, they did that on a on a copy of Evil Dead on an early Blu-ray too. That was terrible. Anyway, as a full screen copy, like there was really, I mean, maybe one or two moments that just felt like pan and scan to me. But for the regular, I was like, all right, I don't, you know, it's from the 60s. I'll watch it. We're not watching Elvis movies for the cinematography. Like, there are well-made Elvis yeah. movies, but this we're watching for, for E himself. Yeah, yeah. Story. So I would rather, instead of having my TV be like, the screen being like 66% black bars, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to deal with full screen. Yeah. Almost every other situation, I won't do that. But this, I'm just like, it's fine. Yeah, yeah I agree. So, oh quick run-through of the cast. We've got Elvis as Toby. We've got Anne Helm as Holly, who is... got to go through the family dynamics. Okay. So there's Pop, Arthur O'Connell. Now, let me ask you right out the bat yeah. about Pop, since, okay, because we just saw the Elvis movie. Mm-hmm. I was getting Colonel, Colonel. I was getting Colonel vibes. It's almost like Colonel vibes where Elvis is like, but we know we can fool him. Right? Where it's like, let's kind of parody the Colonel, like... Do like, so, yeah, I don't know how else to explain it because either. There's but a couple like, times where he and Holly are like, we can reverse psychology. He's an idiot. We got this. Right. But then the guy sounds like the colonel sometimes, where he's like, homestead and act there, Elvis, you go in. We are going to right. be homesteaders. Right. So this guy, Arthur O'Connell, was a character actor. Okay. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for both Picnic in 1955 and Anatomy of a Murder. Oh. So he worked with Hitchcock in 1959. So he is the patriarch of this family. He is Elvis Presley's father in the movie. Elvis Presley playing Toby. They have amassed a family of found, like, lost souls. Talk about Fast and Furious family, bro. Anne Helm as Holly, who used to be a babysitter. So there's the twins yeah. who are Elvis. He's like, I don't know. They're like, four, he, like Cousins. He says in the movie, 
I don't know. They're like fourth cousins or something. They're just tangentially. But there's yeah. these two like six-year-olds maybe. Yeah. And Holly used to be their babysitter. Right. Coincidentally, her parents also died. Yes. So when the twins' parents died, they adopted the twins. Right. And then they're like, all right, Holly, even though you're 19, we'll adopt you too. Yeah. I think she was 13 at the time. Okay. But she's still just been around. And yeah. And this is like she's like a sister. Yeah. Not a sister, but like a sister. Then there's this, there's Aaron Adney. Ariadne. Who is a one-year-old girl. Where did she come from again? Don't know. Not sure. Just showed up one day, I think was the explanation. So there's this character later in the movie, Mr. King, who is like, he works for the governor or something. And yeah. the governor's doing this like drive-through to celebrate the new road. And the guy's like basically going through. It doesn't feel like he's going through early enough because he's like he's got like a 90 second head start on the governor yeah. and he's making sure there's no like there's no rapscallions and he sees Elvis like they're just hanging out like they're not like it's not like they're like shirtless having like a grease barbecue or something they're just like on the beach basically yeah. and he's like you guys can't be here and then this is where we get the backstory of like okay we get dependency checks like basically welfare checks for all the kids I'm on disability, or Elvis is on disability, and yep. I'm on uh, relief. Mm-hmm. So, like, none of them work, but the government's basically giving this family, like, seven checks every month. Yeah, yeah. And Mr. King's like, we can't have this. No. Nope. Mr. King, the biggest Republican in the movie, is just like, no free rides, man. He makes it his mission to, like, upset the status quo and make sure that these people who, like, we find at the end have justifiable reasons for, like, mm-hmm. why they're getting checks – get cut off yeah yeah i thought that was hilarious how the dad is like you can't trust the government can't, you know dad you can't go down that road government says so i can't trust the government and then you find out we're getting all these checks from the government uh yeah and this guy mr king is going to make their life a living hell with the welfare office trying to take the kids away at some point and uh run a wedge between elvis and his kind of sister Dude, why are they why are these movies bending over backwards for Elvis to have relations with his stepsisters. Well, what's interesting about this is that this might be one of the very few and first times where Elvis is not girl crazy. True. But he's not girl crazy basically because he's a misogynist, because he's just like, I don't mind being bothered by girls, but I don't want to marry a girl because I don't want to be bothered on the regular. It's just like, Oh, so you just hate women. Okay, I got it. But like, it, one he, times one is one, one times two is two, one times three is three. When he gets aroused, basically, he starts doing the multiplication tables until girls are like, what are you doing? And then they just walk away. Like, like even someone as handsome as Elvis is not worth all of this. Also, let's just say he's not the sharpest tool in the box in this movie either. Mr. King says he has the IQ of a grasshopper. And it's kind of on display later on when he's elected sheriff. Which I couldn't believe. We'll get to that. So, okay. So, uh, the woman who plays Holly Ann Helm is mostly known as a child's author. Like, she just became, like, an author who wrote kids' books. Oh. She acted a little bit, but she's mostly an author. Uh, Mr. King is played by this guy, Alan Hewitt. He's just a detective. He was a detective detective in My Favorite Martian, and he was a DA in How to Murder Your Wife. But, like, a lot of these people are just character actors. Yeah. But there's interesting people of note so Alicia, who is the welfare worker that Mr. King brings in, we'll get to her. Mm-hmm. Do you know her, Joanna Moore? Do you know who she was? Sounds familiar. She was married to Ryan O'Neill. Oh. She's the mother of Tatum O'Neill wow. and Griffin O'Neill. 
Um, she hit her peak career in the 1960s. She was in the Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Perry Mason, The Fugitive, Bewitched, The Real McCoys. Whoa. Succumbed to alcoholism and just like her career sort of oh, fell off from that. But I like, I can't believe that's Tatum O'Neill's mom. Yeah. So like that's, that's you know, awesome. She Joanna Moore basically a producer on Paper Moon. <laughs> Hollywood royalty. That's what I like to say anytime there's like a parent or grandparent with <laughs> someone in the business. There's a guy named Jack Crucian as Carmine. I would imagine one of the guys oh, in the casino. Yeah, yeah, the the more round guy. He was uh, nominated for Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor as Dr. Dreyfus in The Apartment. Oh, okay. Apartment Rules. Yeah. One of the best movies of all time. Um, the guy who played Nick the mobster looked familiar. He is, he's the only other person I wrote down. He's been in over 130 series and made for TV movies between 51 and 83 he was in psycho west side story the sand pebbles and bullet he was the the guy who fell who gets stabbed and falls down the stairs in psycho i believe that the the detective in that movie possibly okay i don't so know he, for so sure he finds out he's like I one of the think. first people to find out i thought so what's really going on at the bates motel what's going on is there other trivia oh the other trivia that was kind of of note which is kind of interesting is that tom petty his father was a crew member on this movie oh weird and so tom petty showed up on set just because his dad was working there met elvis talked to elvis and like apparently who knows if this is true or not but i saw it in two places became obsessed with rock and roll because of meeting elvis and was just like i'm gonna become a, a musician oh. and then he swapped his slingshot apparently after he met elvis for a friend's collection of presley records oh that's an awesome story so tom petty's dad working on this movie tom petty becomes obsessed with elvis because he's an actor and a singer on this movie and then tom petty becomes tom petty wow that's so, awesome and elvis being like hurt her young tom petty how's <laughs> it <are you> going <laughs> <laughs> and the only other trivia of note before we talk about the movie is that this movie and our next movie, I'm pretty sure it's our next movie. Let me just make sure before I keep saying this. Yeah, Kid Galahad is next, also 1962. These are the only color films that, El you know, not black and white, color films that Elvis made where he didn't dye his hair black. He's kind of got like dirty really? blonde hair. He's got like blonde, uh, oh, mostly yeah. brown, but kind of blonde streaks. But oh, yeah. yeah, it didn't occur to me exactly. Huh. I was too busy looking at his tuxedo his his uh, denim tux from the jay leno collection like i'm convinced now jay leno is is like obsessed with elvis and that's why he wears all denim because elvis did in a bunch of movies so they think elvis is like a bad influence and like a troublemaker because he wears denim on denim i guess so all right i mean you're just not supposed to do that i guess you're you're tagged the wild one Let's talk about the movie. So it starts with, over the title credits, the song What a Wonderful Life, which is sung by Elvis. We don't see him in the movie singing it, I don't think. It's just no. like playing over the credits, right? Yeah. And we find out his name is Toby Quimper, which, what do you think of the name Toby Quimper? I think it's a, that's a terrible name. Must be, it must have been from the book or something. It must have been a real name. The first name bad, last name even worse, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, I was just writing down E, you know, Elvis. I always just call him, I always end up calling him Elvis in the movies. Yes. I wrote every character name except for him. I'm just Elvis. Elvis, yeah. Elvis, Elvis. Yep. They run out of gas on or near the beach. They use a fender to start a fire. Oh. She's digging for water. And <laughs> I'm like... On. Hold on, hold on. She's digging for water and she's like dipping Coke bottles in and pulling out like perfect bottles of water. No sand in it. A couple quick notes I wrote down. E's dad is a colonel type. E's wife and kids, question mark? Wasn't sure if that was Elvis's wife and kids. In the wait, the, the in family? the opening, yeah, I wasn't oh, sure okay. before we find out. Well, because when Mr. King shows up, he's like, "So you're the father, I got that. You're well, yeah. you're the guy, and this is your wife and kids." Oh, and Elvis like, "No, man." They're gonna remind us like eight more times. Where's the mom? Do we ever get a mention of the mom at all? I don't think so. Yeah, that was that was that was missing. We this is when Mr. King shows up. Elvis and his father adopted the twins, a nineteen year old Holly, who's in love with Elvis, basically. 
uh, Elvis or Pop, one of them says to her, you know anything about sex, Holly? She says, of course I do. Oh, yeah, a lot of sex talk in this. And then Elvis says, it's just like Pop said, women are natural nesters. Like, this is a guy who, like, obviously looks like Elvis. When Alicia shows up later, she's immediately smitten by him just based on his appearance. Oh, yeah, she is all over Elvis. Thirsty, as the kids say now. That's what they mean. And... Yet Elvis does not care because he does not want to be bothered. He's just like, I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> He's like, I can't I can't take the time to get an erection. Like, leave me alone. Uh, is this where he sings song number two? And he just kind of like, there's that great shot where he just pulls a guitar out of nowhere from behind his back. And he starts playing. <laughs> it's called I'm Not the Marrying Kind. And when he's talking to Holly on the beach about like sex, love and marriage, he just talks about why he's not the marrying kind. Yeah. Let me pull up the lyrics to that because I'm sure they're, you know, some great... There's also, like, this thing that happens, and I know it happens because it's a movie, but, like, he starts playing guitar, and then slowly all the other instrumentation starts to fade in, and you're like, where are those other sounds coming from? He's only playing a guitar. Show me a girl with a dimple on her cheek, but it melts in her mouth when she opens it to speak. Show me a girl who is acting so refined, and I'll show you a girl with one thing on her mind. Which today, and I think also back then, it's just, like, sex, but he goes, the chorus. So I say, you know what? She says what? I say what? Oh, I'm not the marrying kind. So you know what that reminded me of? That Captain Sensible song. He says what? Captain said what? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's it was in. I I mean that was a song from the '80s, but it was in Legion. It was in and, oh, and okay. I, I okay, became so a big it. fan of it. And, and I was kept saying what? What? I'm like Captain Sensible. So, but there's a lot of in this movie where they're not talking about sex, but they're heavily implying sex. Yeah. Like the very last shot of the movie is when Elvis <laughs> and Holly are kissing, and she's apparently a full-grown woman now because Elvis is willing to kiss her. And the toilet that they buy, the one thing they buy in this movie is a toilet from a junkyard. Oh, the dad loves it. And they build a, a building around it to house the outhouse or whatever. And the the, the, the toilet erupts because the pressure is broken every time or whatever. And as they're kissing, the toilet erupts again. Yeah. And we hear from off screen, Pops says, and I quote, I got to fix that about the toilet. And then the double entendre She's loaded with pressure. Yep. It's like Holly wants to sleep with Elvis, but I'm talking about the toilet. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a horny movie. It's a very horny movie. I was not expecting that at all. Especially given how weird it is. Yeah. And especially given it's the horniest movie I think we've covered where Elvis has no interest in being horny. And maybe that's what makes it hornier. That does throw me because it feels like Elvis's character gets stupider and stupider as the movie goes <laughs> along. Like, and I don't, you know, I don't want to say that, but like, first of all, him being like, you know, all misogynistic and like, you know, saying no to Holly and all this, and and then actually like going along with this homesteader thing, which is a terrible idea. So homesteading is basically just where you like set up shop and you're like, this is where I live now. And you just like start, you, you become self-sufficient either from planting or you start a business or whatever. So like in this movie, somehow they open like a fishing spot. Yeah. Bait and tackle. Cause they're just by water. Yeah. And so they're like, Oh, you pay $65 to fish. We can make money doing that. And then all of a sudden we cut to like 30 people fishing. It's like, they're so, you're in Florida. You could fish <laughs> anywhere. Well, I guess it's the, 
it's the attraction like that one guy from the bank comes by first and he's like that was the most fun i've ever had and apparently it's all because of elvis's like style and technique and he fishes with like you know makeshift a rods. diaper pin yeah yeah and then that just gains world word of mouth and uh they become sort of like a tourist trap like a little spot destination you have to see off the brand new highway and that helps that they're the only thing on the brand new highway that's built right. at the moment What's troubling to me is that as this movie goes on, like they set that shop up because Holly is like, I've never had my own home. It's like, you were adopted. (laughs) Hold on. You're adopted by this family because you're the babysitter. So you came from a place. You're babysitting people in a place, but you've never had a home. Like you consider these people your family. Yeah. This is who you're spending time with, but you've never had a home. I'm like, I don't like... Are they just living out of the car? They might as well be, right? I, I don't. I don't. I mean, they might be at that point because we don't know why they. Came they never to explained Florida. it, right? They, yeah, they're just like on the road. It's almost like Beverly Hillbilly style. It's just like we're just uh, driving, you know, till we find out where we want to go. And it seems like Pop is not really sure about whether he wants to stay. It's the clash. Should I stay or should I go? Yeah, basically. And they're basically like, oh no, this is not habitable. Like we got to get out of here. And he's like. No, screw that. We're staying. And that's what they want in yeah. the end anyway. But that's when they reverse, reverse psychology, psychology him. Yeah. So then he goes and buys the toilet. They start doing the fishing thing. And then they set up a bait shop and like a coffee and donut stand there and just start thriving. But then that immediately gets dropped. Yeah. There's one yeah, scene yeah. where they're like making like hundreds of dollars, hundreds of dollars. And then we never see anybody else fishing there again. Yeah. And then it turns into like we need to get the bank loan, which I love that bank sequence was amazing. Uh, and then, oh, look at this, a bunch of neighbors start showing yep. up, you know? So, like, the movie never sticks to one thing. It keeps moving along. And then, oh, it does the welfare thing and then forgets about it and then does the welfare trial at the end. Yep. Like, why did this end in a courtroom scene? There's a really funny thing, and it's funny because it's so sexist and outdated, but Elvis is, like, Elvis and a his dad, like Holly is talking about the things they need to like get the homestead up to be successful or whatever. And Holly's saying things and Elvis is like, she talks crazy sometimes. Dad, let me translate what she's saying. <laughs> but it's like, we need a dock. Very clear. And yeah. Elvis is like, why do we need a dock, Holly? She's like, because we need boats. He's like, why do we need boats? It's like, she's not saying complicated things. Right, yeah. It's just that she's like a woman and they're like, Stop talking crazy, lady. It's funny because she was saying, you know, we can't fish off the bridge because we don't live on, you know, that's Florida's property. And then I remember thinking to myself, oh, yeah, like they're breaking all kinds of laws just fishing off that bridge when they show like the whole line of them fish. I'm like, they're like they going to get kicked out of here somehow. And so when she that scene, I was like, wow, that's actually like a necessary scene that we need yeah. here. <laughs> Would it go figure. So then we get to the scene where I don't think we've skipped these songs. Oh, Yeah, so they decide to get the money out of the bank to thrive. And this is when they play the song Sound Advice. That's when Pop plays guitar and whistles. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And they're like, oh, we got some sound advice here. Like, this is what we're going to do. So it's like a rock song, but it's like right before everyone's going to go to bed. It's like the worst lullaby you could probably sing to those twins and that baby, you know. But those kids are sitting in bed eating that Butterfinger again. Some folks tell you what to do. They think they know more than you. They insist that they're giving sound advice, but as sure as you're living, it ain't sound. It ain't nice. It just doesn't sound like sad advice. Sound advice. So what Toby should have done at this point is made a record, and instead of 
gone for a loan. <laughs> he should have made a record and sold it and become a sensation. So he goes to the bank. Oh, my God. And because he's wearing denim on denim, they're like, oh, this guy is here to rob us. Well, that's part of it. Part of it is he's trying to get into the loan officer's room, but it's like you have to be buzzed in. And so he gets in there and the guy thinks he's robbing the place. Right. And like it's a comedy of errors where like he the guy <laughs> faints and so Elvis picks him up. They're like, Oh, he has a hostage now and like he's saying help, help and they're like, Oh, he's asking he's calling for help. It's just like this weird He gets the guns. Yes. For the first of like a few different times in this movie, they get the situation sorted out and Elvis's honesty gets him everywhere. Where he's like <laughs> saying dumb things to the bank manager, but like he's just like he's so honest. He's like, you see, he's he's given us the wrong answers, but I like his honesty. Here's yeah. the money. It's like that's not how see, things work. That's what I mean about like when the movie started. I didn't think he was that dumb, like or dim. But like, there's no way you don't realize you're accidentally robbing a bank you know what i'm saying like there's right. no way you don't realize like what kind of situation and then when they explain it to elvis like elvis like they don't say elvis but like you know they're like toby these gentlemen thought you were robbing the place he's like he's like why on earth would they think that and right. he's holding a gun and like right i think that's the other thing it's like people are saying this is like elvis's funniest movie and i'm like maybe are they really letterboxed uh, I don't know about that. I mean, there's a lot of potty humor, literal potty humor, where the dad's trying to get the outhouse to work and the toilet's exploding. Like, if that's funny. I don't know. I, I don't. It's like a comedy. It's like a Mr. Magoo. Like, this is the closest to Mr. Magoo oh, that we have, It is have, like right? a Mr. Magoo. It's, it is like that. You know, it reminds me of Naked Gun sometimes, especially when he's chasing the mobsters through the jungle. Like, that part is like sheer lunacy. Yeah. So then in the movie... A trailer full of mobsters shows up and sets up, sets up a casino. I wrote down perfect weird thing to bring in here at the moment. <laughs> They're like, oh, it makes sense why you're here. Uh, we're outside the jurisdiction. They're like, we're outside of what now? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, why did you stop here then? Like, what? it's just a coincidence that they stopped there? So so he explains, they're, they're a traveling casino. He's like, we go one place, and then when the cops come, we just drive away, and we go somewhere else. And Elvis is like, kind of without realizing it, gives him the idea that to stay. He's like, oh, I thought you was here because there's no cops here. <laughs> and they're like, no cops? Right. It's basically like... I'm on a boat in international waters. Crime doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. And then Elvis is like, yeah, we're going to stay here for six months, and then we're going to claim this land. It's going to be ours. And they're like, you can't do that because we got a good thing going Oh, my here. gosh. Like, I didn't realize. At first, I thought, why is the mob here? But then I was like, this is this is solving all of our conflict, you know? Like, the dad is going to be sort of, like, strong-armed not to sign the homestead thing, but that's the whole reason they're there. They would have wasted this whole thing. would have been a waste, you know? So, like, I'm finally kind of like invested on a weird level where it's like i don't want to see them get kicked off it's <laughs> it's bizarre like it's the stakes are somehow like super low and super high and there's no rhyme or reason for when things are more important or less important or like who's gonna have an issue like there's no reason in the world why mr king which is a great name king king mr yeah, king yeah yeah why he cares this much other than he's been personally slighted that's what it is and he's embarrassed and he wants to like save face especially since the governor was like oh the governor's on Elvis' side be a homesteader sure that'd be great for Florida and he's like cops get off him that's private property get out of there and they're like alright sir and yeah. like, they just leave this guy's just got a personal grudge so then he brings in Alicia um, I don't remember her last name I have it Miss Claypool 
And she's there. She's a welfare person who's going to interview Elvis and basically prove to the court or a court later that Elvis and Pop are unfit to be like parents, but to like also have just a to family. Get, to also, just to get the welfare checks. Well, yeah, that's that too. But also to take those like younger kids away from them, right. I think. Right. Because I think he they just want to cut down on like the 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 fat cat government payouts, right? Yeah, the other thing was if you want to stay in Florida, you can't get your benefits from the other state you just came from. Like, they got cut off money-wise. So Mr. King says to Alicia he's got the IQ of a grasshopper, and she says with those shoulders he looks like a genius to me. And I'm like, okay. Mm. She's just horny for Elvis from the gym. Oh, absolutely. So she starts interviewing them. And she finds out he doesn't want to be bothered regular by a girl he'd marry. And she's like, oh, that's like an Oedipal complex if I've ever. Like this woman mm-hmm. now and in the court is just like, I know everything about everything. Like this is like the worst character in the movie. They they wrote her so bad. Like she's yeah. not playing it bad. But she's like, she's written to be this know-it-all mm-hmm. who is in love with Elvis and just like is manipulated and yeah. It's not great. No, she acts like she's got all of the authority and like she's entitled to do her job and no one else can tell her what to do. Like she has no boss. You know, she's one step away from breaking out the Rorschach tests. Well, they do a word association. Yeah. And I did not know this was possible. But Elvis basically fails it. I know, that was amazing. When she, when she says help and he says help and she goes, you're not just supposed to repeat it. He goes, well, usually people say help twice when they're asking for help. I'm like, wait, what? And you only said it once. So I was waiting for the second one. So I said it. It's just like, <laughs> all right, man. So like he's so oblivious that he does not realize that Holly's in love with him. And Alicia realizes immediately. She's like, oh, yeah. this girl loves him. I'm in love with him because look at those shoulders. Yeah. And so they go to this like private beach and they get cozy and start making out. And then Holly shows up and she's all pissed off. She's like, someone opened the bait box. And Alicia's like, I know what you're doing here. Like, you did this, so you get me out of here. And then, best moment of the movie, Ho- you know, sex is inside or whatever. But Holly just pushes Alicia into the lake. Just like, get yep. off my man yeah. into the lake. I was like, that's pretty great. That was an interesting little segment where she's interviewing Elvis. And they're on the beach having a picnic. And he's got his shirt all the way open. And then the radio is on and she's like will you sing along to the radio for me and luckily it's an Elvis song yeah that's the crazy thing so he sings on top of old Smokey for a couple lines as she's interviewing him and then follow that dream the titular follow that dream comes on and it sounds like he hears himself on the radio and then sings along I'm like what are we doing here (laughs) and he's singing on his back like with like you don't all right like I'm not I'm not a vocalist but like breath control seems hard on your back you got to stand up to sing right Correct. I mean, you got to stand up to sing correctly, right? Like, you, I guess you could sing laying down, but like, yeah, not this song. You know, like we'll that. get we'll get to it later and how forced these songs are. But I feel like, and maybe I'm just misremembering, but it feels like for the first time, these are clearly like it's not even close. Like, it's just mm-hmm. pure ADR. It's yeah. like he's lip syncing. He probably always was to a certain extent, but like it didn't feel this way. No, like more than once. And there's not that many songs. It feels like Elvis is just like. Oh, I'm singing along on the radio. It's like, well, yeah, what are we doing? And it definitely this, you know, again, like we'll we'll get there, but like this does feel the most forced. Where it's just like, hold on, we got to sing a song. Well, real it quick. makes sense if it's adapted from a novel. The yeah. novel's not a musical because novels aren't musicals. No. That's not how novels work. No. And if they're like, oh, we're casting Elvis, we're gonna add some songs in there. So like, all right, where can we put a song in? Yeah, my mind is is racing trying to think of a book that's been adapted into like a Broadway show, you know. But like you write music for it, right? Well, the book you, of Mormon, my dear boy. Yeah, you take no, you take like the themes and issues, and then you you know yes, make, correct make songs about that shit. 
So Elvis and Holly walk away, and Holly's still all pissed off. And Elvis is like, I was doing the multiplication tables. I hate her too. And she's like, oh, Elvis, that's the best thing you could possibly say. <laughs> you were doing the maths. Aww. And so then Alicia is driving away, and she stops to use the bathroom for whatever reason. Then the toilet explodes on her again. Then they, they elect Elvis sheriff. Yeah, Elvis is like, I'm sheriff now. <laughs> well, they, like, elect. They, there's this thing where it's like, we got to get rid of the mob. So, like, we need law enforcement here. And it's, like, it's like, well, an all, it's an all-night casino. That's, yeah. That's, and it's too late, too loud. And they're like, yeah. we need to stop them at 11 o'clock. So they need a sheriff. But uh, there was, like, two seconds when they were like, you know, we did this to get away from government. And then it's like, but I guess we need government of our own. Like, as long as we're the government, <laughs> I guess it's okay. And they're like, so what laws are you going to enact? He's just like, you know, local laws. They're like, like what? And he's like, you know, the local ones. <laughs> so, But their only law right now is that the casino needs to be closed at 11. Like, we only got one law. <laughs> And they're like, no, well, we only started at 11. That's not going to fly for us. And so they start, like, roughing up Elvis. And Elvis, like, hulks and, like, just beats everyone up. He obliterates these people. He's, like, trying. Well, they're like, let's teach him a lesson. And he takes it, like, literal. He's like, all right, boys, what you got to show me? I'm, I'm, I'm eager to learn something. And they're like, well, supposing someone got you from behind like this. And they, like, hold him in a headlock. And then someone's got a like a weapon on you in the front he's like well then i would do this and this and he like just beats the crap out of him so then later like he and holly are walking down the street and there's this car speeding at them he's like look at these drunk idiots and they like try to swerve into and hit elvis and like they just dodge out of the way and like look how drunk they are they got stuck in the mud up there and then elvis with his sheriff gun is like firing guns and like he outsmarts them again yeah and then they also try to leave a bomb. They try to blow up Elvis's like homestead. Oh my god, that was the best. And Holly is like, "Oh, I guess they left this package here. Like, I better bring it back to them." And so like he's standing next to these mobsters, and they're like counting down. They're like five, four, three, and then their place blows up. And Elvis is like, "Man, your place on fire? That's crazy." <laughs> There's just so much like all of that stuff in the jungle or in the forest. Where he's sneaking up on them and stealing their guns and they're running away scared out of their mind like he's like Black Panther or something, you know? Uh, and then they get back and and they see someone like crawling underneath and they're like, oh, he, uh, he left his kerosene just lying around here. And Holly's like, I'll go bring it back. And it's clearly a bomb. Yeah. It's clearly a bomb. Well, she's dumb too. I mean, she, she, then she, why she, is Elvis she, Sheriff? Well, she because it's... A, a family of dum-dums. <laughs> and, like, I think she's not dumb. I think she just, like, got caught. She got the Elvis disease. I hear you. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know. There's no mother in that family. So that daddy didn't do the best job raising he. <laughs> and so then kids get taken away because Miss Claypool, Alicia, is like, they're not fit. We're going to take them away. And so there's we, we wind up in a courtroom. Yes. And there's some cool backstory to the courtroom here. So the courtroom was filmed in Citrus County Courthouse oh. in Inverness, Florida. Uh, it was eventually restored into a museum in the 1990s, but they had, like, no photos of it. And so MGM, like, let them use still photos from this movie. So basically, they restored the courtroom to the way that it was in this movie. Oh, weird. Which is a weird thing, I whatever. It's like, as close, as far back as you can get. And this is, like, apparently the only time – this seems crazy. Maybe it's not crazy. The only time, like, anyone ever photographed this courtroom that they kept was this movie. Like, there That's were no strange. other pictures. Like, so they're just burn like, all the photos of that courtroom? Was it knows? haunted? So we end up in the courtroom, and Pop's like, 
I don't got no lawyer. I don't trust him. Judge is like, all right. Oh, my God. He makes, like, this big pe- speech about the public or whatever. He's like, we are the public. Like, the government's supposed to be protecting us. Like, we's the people. <laughs> Mr. trying to snow me. <laughs> Mr. King and Alicia are doing their very best to prove that Elvis and the family are unfit. And so she once again does the word association for the dad in the courtroom, for Pop in the courtroom. And he fails, too. Yeah. And so... She, you know, he gives the slip of paper. Like, she says a word, he writes a thing down, and then he gives the paper to the judge. And she says the word, the judge gives the answer. She's like, what do you think of that? And everything's just like, this is the twisted mind of a deranged individual or whatever. Yeah. And then he goes, she, the, one of the words is moon, and then Pop says shine. She goes, clearly, he's an alcoholic, it's an illegal liquor, blah, 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 blah. And the judge is like, wait a minute, what about the moonshine band or whatever? Like, that's a good time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't like any of this. And then Elvis, once again, Elvis and Pop are just so kind-hearted and honest and just, like, folksy and kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. The judge is like, you know what? Alicia, I hate you. These guys case dismissed. And it's just like, what? So- they have all the evidence. Like, they're they're not ethical but they're right this is a yeah. bad situation it's this is a mess but the judge is a nut like what, what i thought he ended up saying was like he's reading pops's answers right yes. and she's like he's nuts he's he's dangerous all this stuff and then the judge goes these were my answers and she's oh. like oh he's like i, I missed that as a yeah okay, i think okay, okay, and okay. he's like i wasn't reading those but i did it myself and i didn't because the judge is like he hates her like immediately, it seems well, like her she's like attitude. And essentially, it's like this movie is anti-government, mm-hmm. but also like anti-city folk. And like Alicia <laughs> and Mr. King are like big city, and this is like small town, whatever. Well, that's where Elvis came from, right? Yeah. Like, like basically nowhere. And then Elvis gives a nice speech because he's his own lawyer, and the the judge is like something to the effect of. Uh, yeah, you didn't need a lawyer, did you? You did fine all on your own and stuff. He's like, oh, I guess so. <laughs> and I feel like the case was dismissed solely because Elvis and Pop give the boys who are in the crowd now looking like the dummy from Dead Silence <laughs> in their little black tuxedos with the red bow tie. They give them a candy bar. And this endears them to the judge in yep. a way that is insane. Yeah. That he look, has like this look of glee <laughs> comes across his face like they are good fathers yeah yeah actions are speaking louder than words today you know like these guys can't form a sentence but you know they're clearly very caring people so yeah. <laughs> so then in the end they go back to the house holly comes out to the front patio elvis is singing the song angel we go back to the beach with elvis singing the song angel and she comes out in like basically like not lingerie but like a nightgown yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they're together. And they kiss and he starts in the times tables, but like it's like quicker and like later and he's like, This is how I know it's for real. It's like I don't understand this logic at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't get the whole times table thing unless that was in the book. Uh but like you you gotta come up with something a little more cinematic than that, you know? And I don't know. That just threw me off of one times one is one kind of thing, you know? But yeah, I'm good for him. He can finally um, put aside all those misogynistic uh, thoughts and ideas. And marry and his sister, basically. Sort of sister. Yeah. yeah. Stepsister. Well, he married his cousin in the last movie, I think, or something. Well, there's like kissing cousins. Right? There, you know, there's. Is that a movie that we've covered? Or we not yet? But I think before Blue Hawaii, Wild in the Country. Remember that? that, that mm-hmm. His uncle wanted him to like marry his cousin. Or yeah. Any other thoughts about this? We got some taglines and stuff to go through. But any other notes? Any other 
There's no other songs, which is, again, surprisingly mm-hmm. few songs. Yeah, man, this was just all around strange. Like, I just had to keep watching because I couldn't, you know, I couldn't believe what it's was happening. So weird. It's weird. It's, but it's not, like, good. You know, like, I don't want to watch it again. Because, like, I, I right. guess I had a trouble with how Elvis is portrayed. Uh, you know, I just not... It just threw me off, especially after seeing the Elvis movie, this being the first movie we watched after that, and seeing him as sort of, like, super dumb Elvis. I don't know how else to describe it. Again, I feel bad saying that, but his character, man, is just, like... It's just a little too dumb, I so guess. So you think that, like, this is, this is the colonel being, like not taking care of his client. I think so. I think partially. And maybe in in sort of defense of that, that's why they're making fun of the colonel a little bit in this movie. Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's two taglines for this movie. Elvis hits the road to laughter and hits a new high in romance. Eh. Want a lift? Question mark. Elvis Presley's funniest dot 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 happiest dot 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 dreamiest dot 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 motion picture. Oh my gosh. Too long. Want a lift? Got a light. Um, Want a lift is is a perfect catchphrase for this. Or how about um, fishing fun with Elvis? <laughs> sure. Why not? Fishing fun in Florida. What would you say is the best song in this movie? Oh, There's man. There's not that many options. On what top a of Old Smokey. No. Doesn't count. <laughs> I know. I know. The, the short answer is that it's not better than Can't Help Falling in Love. So that doesn't matter here. But in terms of like, what was your favorite song from this movie? I'm not the Marion kind is at least upbeat. Yeah. Follow That Dream is pretty okay. Sound Advice is whatever. Yeah. What a, I, I feel like if What a Wonderful Life was in the movie as opposed to over the credits, that mm-hmm. might be the choice, but if it feels like kind of like an afterthought in a way. Yeah, that's the one that I feel like is the earworm, too. It's like maybe just because it's over the credits uh, and I could pay closest attention to it. Yeah, uh, I like... I don't know which one, Joey. I, I, it's such a toss-up this it, time. It's there's not a great answer here. Which yeah. I think is, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to in a way returning to the musicals where we have like a choice. Like it feels right. like so far through a third of his career or so, this has not been what I expected. No. We've had way fewer musicals than I thought, and not that that's a bad thing, but it's weird. Definitely weird. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 is totally natural, 1 is totally terrible. How forced are the songs in this movie? So far, we've had a low of 5, which is in Jailhouse Rock, and as natural as a 9.8 in Wild in the Country. How forced are the songs, do you think, in here? Oh, man, this is... It's pretty bad. This is bad. This is like a 2 or a 3, you know? Like... Well, I'll say a 3. I think a 3 is... I yeah. feel like there, it could get worse... But there's not a lot of room for it to get worse, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't. I, I have a feeling like it could have been a lot worse. You know, like he couldn't have. He like there could have been times where he didn't sing along to anything. Like it was all just like on the radio or whatever. You know what I mean? It could have all been over credits. Like it could have been Elvis's songs, but not him singing. Like, I don't mind a romantic thing on the beach where the radio starts playing and he starts singing along. Like that makes sense narratively or something, right? But it's like when pops like. Here's a guitar. Let's like let's sing a song that we yeah. decided to get up money. It's just like or when he just pulls it like out of off screen. He literally yes. like reaches off screen and pulls a guitar in. Although wasn't that didn't he sing along to the radio on Blue Hawaii as well? Maybe in, that's going to be a thing. G, maybe it's a thing. When we were guessing this movie, you thought this movie was going to be set in Tennessee. It wasn't. It's Florida. 
You said he was following his dream, not of being a musician, but of being a race car driver, starting an early NASCAR. So you had a car, but there is so little driving in this movie. <laughs> There's a highway. There's a highway. <laughs> I said he up. was a boy from the South, which maybe, yes. but we don't know. But he's always a boy from the South. That doesn't. I don't get any points for that. Who follows his dream of being a movie actor to Hollywood. But no, the dream nope. is just Homestead. There is. This is not a dream. Like people, when they say dream, like what is your dream in life? Like I don't think anyone is like to build a shack off the side of a highway. I want to claim unclaimed land and live <laughs> off the grid. It's Lex Luthor. Like he needs land. One thing they're not making any more of. So, Mike, the next movie we're doing is Kid Galahad, okay. also from this year. Okay. What do you think Kid Galahad is about? All right. Well, I've seen the cover of of my copy. Oh, so what describe it? Because I haven't seen it. So, what what are you seeing on it? Is it Actually, I'm, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna guess first, okay? Because I don't want to know. Because the name is kind of like uh, it's leading toward medieval. I know, <laughs> but it's not medieval. So what's the cover? He's a boxer on the cover. Interesting. Okay, so what do you think it's about? He's Kid Galahad. You know, like that's his boxing name. I think that's what it's gonna. It's gonna be Elvis as a contender. I'm gonna say, how do I weave in? He's a musician and a boxer. <laughs> he. uh Oh, hmm. I think Breaks okay. His hand. He's a boxer, but what he really wants to be is a musician. <laughs> That's funny. And he he starts trying to throw fights. All right. To get out of boxing, <laughs> but he keeps accidentally winning. You know what this reminds me of? That that Seinfeld when uh, Newman needs Kramer to be a witness, and he's like, "You were so upset." That you were going to go home and kill yourself, you yes. know? And he's like, why was I upset? He's like, because you were. <laughs> so this movie has an average rating of 6.5 on IMDb. Whoa. Almost, almost all of his movies are 6.5, though. It's weird. Like, the lowest is a 6.1, the highest is a 7. So they're all right in the middle. 2,500 people have seen this on IMDb, which is on the lower end. Letterbox rating of a 3.0, which, again, is right in line. Almost all of his movies are between a 2.9 and a 3.1. I, I don't like this movie as much as a three-star, but it earned that three stars from craziness. It's weird, man. But it also, like, doesn't flow. Like, I have just, like, viewing problems with, you know, it's like... It's really long. Like, it's <laughs> it an hour long. 50, which it does not need to be an hour 50, because basically nothing happens. No. Even even when stuff don't, seems like it's happening. They don't go anywhere. Like, <laughs> if you want to watch a movie where people sit on the side of a highway for two hours, this is your movie. Never on Tuesday. That's your other movie, too. Don't watch that. <laughs> uh, the only thing I'm talk about is Riley Keough. She's in that movie on Prime, not movie, TV series on Prime that I have not seen yet that's apparently not very good with um, Chris Pratt. Oh, oh, the Terminal List or the something? The Terminal List. She plays Lauren Reese in The Terminal List. Interesting. I had not heard great things about that show. It's got a very high rating on IMDb, Movie. and it's a very popular series, but in terms of critics, people don't like this show. I don't want to talk ill of it. I have not seen it. Yeah. Chris Pratt is whatever, but Constance Wu is great. Taylor Kitsch is great. Riley Keough, obviously oh, great. Taylor Kitsch. There's good people in it, so I want to see it. I just haven't seen that. Any other news that you've seen about Riley Keough? I rewatched no. Zola since we last... Recorded, which is great. I've been obviously, meaning, I've been. I found my copies of the Girlfriend Experience. I've been meaning to rewatch. I've never that seen that. Season. I've seen the movie. Yeah, we did she's season one, right? Yeah. yeah. But, so I've been meaning to check that out. But otherwise, you know, still following her on Instagram. Just yeah. Oh, I saw those pictures. I think we talked about it at the Elvis movie premiere of Elvis. Yes, she yes, was yes, there yes, yes. With mom and grandma. Is Kid Galahad a remake? 
Michael Curtiz, Michael Curtis? I don't know what year is the original set. 37. Probably then. I mean. So Kid Galahad, just for reference, has a 6-1 on IMDb, which is lower. And it's been seen by 2773. A little bit more, but a lower rating. Kid Galahad has a 2.9 on IMDb, or on Letterboxd, and has been seen by 1226. Joey, I think we both have... (laughs) I think we both have as good a chance as the other because can i show you yeah, yeah. a cover this he's cover a boxer right oh he's got a guitar but he's also boxer okay he's boxing and has a guitar on the cover so he could be a boxing guitarist or a musician this was the cover it's not loading man if he was a wrestler if you would say he was a wrestler this was my would... cover see like... oh that's a terrible photoshop i know well it looks like a painting or something not a good painting no if you had said he was a wrestler, I would have been like, he's a wrestler where his shtick is that he's a musician. It's like the Honky Tonk Man. But boxers sh- don't do that. Because the Honky Tonk Man was a wrestler whose shtick was he was Elvis. Oh, really? He dressed up like Elvis and he was the Honky Tonk Man. He wore the huh. studded jumpsuits and he came out with the guitar and the sideburns and everything. I don't remember if it was before we did Elvis or not, the movie Elvis, but you were in Vegas. Did you see any Elvis stuff when you were in Vegas? I mean, I, I Oh, that- uh, nothing like... Not out of the ordinary. One okay. person saw my shirt and asked if I had seen the movie yet, but I, it hadn't been out. wasn't out yet. Gotcha. So I said I was going to go when I got You're home. Like, no, idiot. No, I didn't. it wasn't like that. But you, you know, I I did wear my Elvis shirt out there, but I didn't see like crazy Elvis stuff while I was there. No, surprised. Okay. I mean, we saw the Elvis Lego thing at the mall today. Which yeah, was like, all right, whatever. Elvis Lego would be fun. We had some fun dreaming up some Elvis Lego kits. Yeah. So we'll be back in probably about a month. We're going to try to get together once a month to do another movie. Like we have a couple, a handful of Charlize movies to do. So we'll do a Charlize and one of these in August sometime probably. Because uh, these movies, like I want to get through them because like they're not good, but they're weirder than I was expecting, which is interesting. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm not saying they're not good. Like I don't want to like talk. Like if you're listening to this and you like these movies, I'm not putting down the movies because I think for what they are they're fascinating right they're just not well made and like they're showcasing Elvis in a way that is great yeah but as a movie it's like oh boy no these are shoddy films like there's just no way around this one I think in particular this one this one seems like an afterthought yeah in multi like back then and today and it's just weird to think that like most of Elvis's movies were like basically bootlegs. Like that's how they feel, you know. Like there's just not a, like you think it was Elvis, so you would take your time and you would do like a bunch of good ones. But no, they just burn I through. I think that's them. what happens when you're doing like thirty movies in ten years, right? Including no one does that. War. Yeah. No one. I mean, Cage. now they do, but like right. back then, right? Yeah. So. Insane. But yeah, I am. I am say. I will say this. Like they may not. Like, objectively may not be good movies, but I'm having a lot of fun watching them, even if they aren't, you know? And that's all that matters. Yeah. So we just did an episode of Keanu Club about DC League of Super Pets, which is probably out by now if you want to check that out. If you care about Keanu Reeves or the DC Universe, Mike has three podcasts, Third Time's a Charm, Monsters That, Monsters that Made Us, Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar. Go check those out. I've got Too Fast, Too Forever, How to Win the Lottery, and 1999 The Podcast. Just go to cageclub.me slash shows to... Check those out. Email us, mailbag at cageclub.me. I think we have king at cageclub.me. I don't know if that's the right email or not, but email and mailbag at cageclub.me. Because that Elvis, the episode we put out about Boz Lerman's Elvis was like our most downloaded episode of any show on the network this year. Wow. So now people are listening. Good. I don't know if they like us. <laughs> well, we thanks for the reviews. Whoever's leaving the reviews on iTunes, that's very encouraging. So even though I'm jacked on well aside from that what what was the compliment that we're not crazy anal elvis nerds something yeah thanks for not 
calling us like insane Elvis heads or whatever. But yeah, it seemed like it seemed like that person was coming from a place where it was hard to find people talking about Elvis that weren't like everything he did is the greatest thing of all yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah, just like yeah. some weird stuff, man. <laughs> I want it to be all great, but I got to be honest, like some weird shit going on. <laughs> if you search Elvis Presley on Apple Podcasts, there's three things that come up. Revolution during music, which seems like something not in English. TCB cast, an unofficial fan podcast, and then us. So oh, cool. there's not a ton of options. And I feel like that's why, to a certain extent, um, oh, there's another review. I'll read that too. Uh, it feels like that's why this show and Monster Pod are popular is because I feel like what we do like with Nicolas Cage or Fast and Furious, like they're so current and pervasive Yeah, yeah. that everybody's just like, oh, I can talk, talk about these. But it like, feels like there's either a different audience or people looking for a different thing of older movies that nobody's talking like nobody cares about these yeah. movies no i know no offense to you the listener we got another five-star review from someone from this past week was looking for something about the new elvis movie by boz and was excited to find something about original elvis movies i grew up watching them with my mom and remember a good chunk of them nice i hope the guys talk about viva las vegas because i think they'll have some funny insights also kissing cousins where he plays his cousin that's also his twin <gasps> double oh! elvis double elvis Hell yeah! <laughs> how 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 many? Oh, a little oh, bit man. of a spoilie there, but no, I no, no, kissing no, cousins no, no, was no, just no, him no, about no, no. kissing it. his cousin. Worth it, worth <laughs> it. Kissing cousins is movie fifteen. We just did number ten. So all right, all right. We gotta rush this there. year. This year, sometime <laughs> we'll get, we'll get to kissing cousins. But we got Kid Galahad, girls, girls, girls. It happened at the World's Fair. Fun in Acapulco. Kissing cousins and Viva Las Vegas. So Two Elvises. Whoever just listened. To, whoever left that review back to back. End of this year, beginning of next year, we've got the movies you're talking about. We're going in release order. Wow. Amazing. Um, man, he's got some wild titles coming up. This is... I can't believe he never went to space. Well, I guess this was pre We don't know that. Oh, that's right. We don't know that. We don't know that. I don't. I haven't even looked at all my movies. I just made sure I got them all. I also like that he uses excellent... And it's not him, but like Charo has an exclamation point. Girls, girls, girls has three exclamation points. Like no one uses exclamations in movies anymore. They should have... He should have added it to his name, Elvis, exclamation point. (laughs) That should have been like legally. Imagine if emojis were back then. Like they just had a little lightning bolt, like the taking care of business. TCB or like the crown for the king. Sure. I'm down. Uh, Thank you for listening. Cageclub.me slash shows. Email in mailbag at cageclub.me. If you can leave us a review on... Apple Podcast seems to be the most visible place you can leave a review, but if on Spotify or wherever, it just helps other people find the show. Yeah. And we'll be back hopefully next month for Kit Galahad, where he's a boxing musician or a musician boxer. I don't know. Is there a difference? We'll find out. I've got to follow that dream of-